This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. On this episode of This League, we talk about the phenomenon known as courtside Karen. Shout out to all the teams that are playing defense. We get into the must-anticipated Russell Westbrook segment that I promise you. Break down Clay Thompson's beef with Big Baby Davis and the Pistons. And of course, we get into some listener voicemails and ooh, are they hot. <laughs> oh, I can't wait for that. So I told everybody that we were going to start today's show talking about Russell Westbrook unless something crazy happened. And Show enough, something crazy happened. Show enough. Yes, sir. Nothing in my life I love more than a good victory lap. I am insufferable when I am right. My desire for everyone to recognize me for how right that I am on a consistent basis is an unfillable well. (laughs) It never ends. No one loves taking victory laps as much as me. For the tiniest things. (laughs) For the smallest, most minuscule, irrelevant things in sports. But that's me. And that's probably because... As a woman in sports media, you're always told that your takes are either wrong, improperly delivered, that you're shrill. So many things. Just take a a little stab down the lane that is the IG comment section of this league, and you'll see that. So when I'm proven correct, I feel obligated for all women, for the culture really, for progress. Sure. To say, yo, not only was I right, You were so wrong for aggressively coming for my neck. Not only am I right, you should have never, ever, ever spoken to me the way that you did about me being wrong. Anyway, so I digress. It appears that my take that players are in desperate need for fans could not have come at a better time. Perfect take at the perfect time. Marty, can you take uh, play my take from Monday show? Uh, Sure. Imagine this, a thotty thought, sitting there with their low-cut top on, mm. bodycon dress, oily, tan legs, looking at you like she wants to give you the business, boy. <laughs> and you're like, yes, I'm going to get her number after the game. And then right next to her, you get posterized. What do you think that cocktail does to the male ego? You are one of the people that she came to watch perform, and then you got someone's nuts on your face. You think you're going to be able to smash after that. You better do something to reply and put that in her mind. You know what it does? It makes you want to compete. I need effort. Compete. I need effort. Compete. It makes you want to compete. To the boos, the screams. What I said was, I said we needed salty, aggressive hecklers, and we needed also uh, thoughts. Hoes. Mm-hmm. Scantily clad hoes and hecklers. And what the universe gifted me, because I am obviously one of God's preordained children. <laughs> <laughs> sure. They, he gifted me, or she gifted me, one human that encapsulated both. That is courtside Karen. 
a thotty thought that got so aggressive with LeBron James that she got ejected. Her and her mans got ejected for telling him she said, I will fuck you up. She will beat him down courtside she did that. So before we get into LeBron's response and why that vindicates exactly what I was saying, let's just let's just dig a little deeper into courtside Karen. Let's do it. Karen's real name is is Juliana Carlos. She's 25 allegedly. She's she's a tough 25. <laughs> she's not it's not even like she's bad looking. No, it's just it's, it's so much plastic surgery for a 25-year-old. Like I mean the level of confidence that you must have has got to be kind of where my shoes are right now mm-hmm. on the ground. <laughs> so they live in Atlanta. She's she's married to this uh she's the third wife to this liquor distributor which is just like maybe one of the skeeziest careers that you could possibly have <laughs> is to be a liquor distributor. You just drink for a living yeah. and get other people drunk for a living. They live in Atlanta, which I like to call LA's ratchet little sister. Sure, yeah. LA of the South, where you can buy a, a, ma- a McMansion for like one-tenth of the price of a big city like LA. It's kind of like the Scottsdale, Arizona of the southeast, I guess you would call it. I don't I don't hate that. I don't hate that. Yeah. You know, glitz glam, vanity plates, fake tits, you know, real housewives of Atlanta type shit. Yeah. Right? You know what I'm talking about, right? Marty, Marty, you've been down there. Yeah, all too well. All too well. Okay, so for some reason this guy Chris Carlos, 57 with the 25-year-old allegedly 25-year-old wife. He's got liquor related beef. This is what my inside quote-unquote sources say. Okay. He's got liquor beef with D-Wade, a member of the Heatles, <laughs> right? So LeBron's best friends with D-Wade, and he's like, yo, it's ones on site, fam. This is like, it's like Bloods and Crips for like Pinot Noir, right? <laughs> so LeBron and this guy start jawing back and forth. And then Karen, a.k.a. Juliana, for some reasons decides, you know, my man needs me to protect him. He uh, he's fifty seven. I'm twenty five. I'm in better shape maybe than him. So he, <laughs> she people are saying he's on steroids. There's a lot of uh, slander about Chris being on steroids and also having some pla- facial plastic surgery of his own. Oh yeah, he does look like either Lou Ferrigno or Sly Stone or some com- combination of them both. But like that doesn't really matter to the to the facts of the story. So she starts saying some shit to LeBron James, like, yo, stop talking to my man or you're going to catch these hands, bitch. And he's like, yo, bitch, shut, shut your ass up and sit down. So she takes off her mask and then she gets ejected. And then she goes insane on IG after she gets, gets kicked out of the game. Play that last 40 seconds of this clip. Anyway, I'm minding my own business. No, you're not. Drinking my wine, having fun. All of a sudden, LeBron says something to my husband. And I and I see this, and I go, I stand up and go, don't fucking talk to my husband. And it's he amazing. looks at me, and he goes, sit the fuck down, bitch. And I go, don't fucking call me a bitch. You sit the fuck Get the fuck out of here. And I go, don't fucking talk to my husband like that. Don't talk to my husband. Yo. And he literally was like, fuck you, bitch. Sit down, bitch. And all of a sudden, play now I'm play. getting kicked out. Excuse me, I have courtside me. that I pay for. Excuse me. Fuck you, LeBron. You're a fucking pussy. Get the fuck out of here. You're going to let a 25-year-old girl intimidate you during a game? Bye, bitch. Bye, bitch. Hold on. Just before I make a comment, 
No one that's 25 says, I'm 25. Hey, you're going to let a grown man, <laughs> a grown man's going to talk to a 25-year-old like this? I think we might have someone who has fabricated her age yeah. for her husband. Yeah. So I don't know. Anyway, so she's starting still, to go viral, and then it's like, oh, better establish my age. Yeah, like, better yeah. establish before people start looking into this. You know, people <laughs> asked her for her ID. She took a photo. I think she deleted it later, but she took a photo and put her driver's license up on her Instagram story because people were so convinced <laughs> she was not 25. Okay, so I digress again. So then she sobers up, right? She's gained about 80,000 followers. She's deleted some old posts. She wrote an apology, a press release, really, for her newfound fans, which is what happens when you get fame. Let's do it. Let's get into it. Okay, here's what she said. She goes, about last night, to say things escalated quickly is an understatement. Yes. I want to apologize for losing my cool and removing my mask in the heat of the moment. Sports wouldn't be sports without a little trash talking. What should have been a quick back and forth between two adults got out of hand, and my natural instinct to stand up for the man I love kicked in. Did I get defensive when it happened? Yes. Yes, you did. Did I use offensive language when I could have taken the higher road? A lot of them. Yes. And for those <laughs> things, I take responsibility. Was there an apology in there? Not really. There was no I'm sorry. Oh, no, I want to I apologize. Cool. I want to apologize for losing my cool. No apology for the words said to LeBron James, but that's okay. Did you use offensive language, Karen? I would say you did. You called him a pussy, and you told him he could catch these hands. As a side note, because there's a lot of side notes, a lot of thoughts that I have about this thought. How much money do you have to have in order to feel confident in your ability to tell LeBron James that you, you the 105-pound soaking wet blonde chick with fake tits and filled with diamonds, that you would fuck him up and you are safe after that you can say that and feel completely comfortable in your own skin no danger whatsoever that's what that's what 80 he's 270 pounds pure muscle one of the best players in the game you know that if he wanted some sort of retaliation he could get retaliation very very easily very fast i mean if that was ron artest ooh. Can you imagine? It would have been a tough day for Ron. It would have been yeah. a tough day for Juliana Carlos. That too. Uh, okay, so that's what $80 million gets you. The irrational confidence that you can get in LeBron James's face and say, bitch, I will beat your ass. Okay, back on point, on point. So back to why I'm right. So they ask LeBron James what he thinks about the incident. No, at the end of the day, that's, uh, I'm happy fans are back in the building. I miss that interaction. I need that interaction. We as players need that interaction. I don't feel like it was warranted to be kicked out. Um, there was a, 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 you know, a back and forth between two grown men, and, and which, uh, uh, and you know, we said our piece. He said his piece. I said my piece, and then when someone else jumped into it and, and, and said their piece, um, but I didn't. I didn't think they were, you know, should have been kicked out. Um, but they might have had a couple of drinks, maybe. And they could have probably kept it going in the game when they've been about the game no more. So I think the referees did what they had to do. Well, where was the part where he was like, I thought that was her dad. <laughs> I don't know exactly what that was from. I did see a graphic that said that. Like, I, I, I was shocked. Was, yeah. I was shocked. I thought that was his daughter sticking up for him. No, folks. Did you see how much diamonds she had all over her body? That is not his kid. 
Anyway, folks, this is the greatest player in the world saying he needs fan interaction. And let's face it, we know that LeBron James is dialed in, dialed the fuck in, and even he admits that crowds get him lit up like a Christmas tree. Remember when that uh, front office guy from Cleveland, he goes to Cleveland and misses the, the last shot of the ha- of before halftime, and the front office guy's clapping way too hard that LeBron James missed that shot, and then he just destroyed the second half. Mm-hmm. LeBron James needs whatever fan interaction he can summon. So yeah. courtside Karen was like perfect for him. Yeah, and it's actually the second iteration of this kind of, you know that viral clip where uh, when he was still in Cleveland and he's like walking uh, down the uh, like, like sideline or whatever and someone goes, hey, LeBron, how's it feel to be a pussy-ass bitch? And oh, he just I turns do. his head. <laughs> oh, I do, and he proceeded to go off. Yeah, he was like going down the tunnel. Yeah, Folks, this is why I said teams are going to get dog-walked by 50 on any given night. Why we've got the Bucks damn near walking around screens on a random Tuesday. Because on a Tuesday without fans, it's like, do I really need to compete? There's no urgency to play defense. And I said this before, courtside Karen was a thing. So you can just thank me now for all the future takes that are going to be right about 48 hours before they become trending. Now I have indisputable proof. Crowds, not only do they matter... We've got LeBron James telling me that is an integral part of high-level basketball on a night-to-night basis. You are welcome. Ooh! I mean, that song could go forever, couldn't it? Uh Uh-huh. So, okay. So kind of like the second part of this LeBron James crowd thing, we talk about teams, some teams mailing it in. And that's not entirely fair because there are teams and are specific players, one of them that you love Mm -hmm. now, that are (laughs) locking up up without crowds, right? Uh It appears that some teams and some players have a little bit of self-respect. They don't need to have the threat of humiliation be breathing down their throat every single night in order to do their fucking job that they're paid millions of dollars to do. You know, just like setting screens, you know, doing the little things, chasing after loose balls, playing hard until the fucking buzzer, keeping the points at bay. And it shows. We've got the Lakers, who are not surprisingly the best defensive team in the league. Right. They have obviously improved. They're giving up three points less a game this year. But I want to talk about teams that have actually made huge strides, right? You've got, talking about Knickerbockers, Mm -hmm. Clippers, and Suns. That's right. I mean, I've been saying it. They're good. They're way better than people realize. And, like, I know we got kind of worked by the Pels last night, but this team's good. You got it. You got it. I like like the Suns. And— we're going to save them for last because okay. I know you get excited. You're already excited. <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. I like these other teams too, but yeah. All right, let's start with the Knicks. It's not a stretch to say that the Knicks have been just atrocious uh, defensively for the last forever. One of the most surprising teams coming out this year, even though they're, they don't have a winning record right now, they are a surprise. And why? Why are they now the number two defense in the league in terms of giving how much their opponents uh, are scoring a game i mean it's no surprise right you've got tom run those boys in the ground (laughs) thibodeau (laughs) who's like we are slowing it down on offense and we are locking it down on d they're giving up just 104.2 points per game eight points better than last year 
That is insane. Yeah. And they didn't even get that many players who should be making a defensive impact. I mean, Obi Toppin's not the reason that they're giving up eight points it's not. less yeah. a game. Let's be honest. We know Tibbs is for sure the reason. That's what he's known to do. Long practices and defensive-minded team. Yeah, and bugging locker rooms. Bugging locker rooms. I mean, he's nuts. <laughs> a little bit. I'll give him 48 months. Yeah. Or no, 20, 24 months, not 48. There's a reason ESPN called his scheme the pinnacle of defensive strategy in the NBA. He is on record saying if you are a top five defensive team, you are a championship caliber team. But the problem is, as a caveat, they're, they're only scoring 102 points per game. So that's a two-point two L. You don't want that, right? You can't win games if you're scoring less than you're giving up. That's just math. So even though their defense is keeping them in, they just can't consistently win because they can't score, which is also like a Tibbs thing. He's slowing it way down. Yeah. Uh, so considering most people thought that they were going to be trash, the fact that they could possibly sneak into the eight seed, I mean, that's very impressive. That's like a David Blaine magic trick. <laughs> How could the Knicks actually be in any way relevant while James Dolan is still the owner? You see it with your eyes and you're like, I still, I still don't know if I can believe it. So we have the Knicks. But then next up we've got the Clippers. And the Clippers have gotten better not because of a coaching change, even though they had a coaching change, right? You've got, really, the biggest reason is fucking Montrez Harold is gone, and they've got Ibaka now. Serge is so good for them. He's so good. Yeah. He's so good at so many different things. They went out and, I mean, you have to think Kawhi was sort of in charge of that decision or somewhere led the charge for that. So they're now playing lockdown defense they were like middle of the pack last year and now they're like fourth or fifth Mm -hmm. so Ibaka at one point in his career was like third second in defensive player of the year voting blocker defends the perimeter can switch get out in space block shots and then once he blocks one guy shot I mean that's just an ego shot Mm -hmm. right you're not throwing the ball down to that player for a while right defensive menace every team that he's been on has been incredibly good defensively when he was with OKC they were amazing Toronto they were great obviously they fell off once him and Marcus all left yeah and now the Clippers Mm -hmm. not to mention he's with Paul George and Kawhi both very good perimeter defenders I mean just the ugh made me trip up Ugh. yeah Paul George and Patrick (laughs) Beverly the all-time pest right Okay, we knew Zubak wasn't going to be able to do the job. He's going to get cooked. But with Ibaka, this is the reason, especially given that this team has chemistry, more chemistry with Ibaka, that they are a hard rock squad and they have won like 12 out of 14 games. Mm -hmm. So that's impressive in a time where no one seems to care about defense and no one seems to be defending them. Like I told you, 600 uncontested threes that they've had. So, okay, let's do it. Let's talk about the Suns. Let's do it. I am so excited. <laughs> so, Marty, this is really not a Sun segment. This is really a Chris Paul segment. That's fine. I'll take it. I mean, every single team that Chris Paul has played for improves its defense by at least five points per game. That's insane. And then when he leaves, I hope he doesn't leave you guys, it drops off a cliff again. Yeah. He got to Houston. Here's some numbers. Got to Houston. They gave up 109.2. 
for the next year with CP, 103.7. I don't like talking numbers, but this is absurd. When he left, back up to 113.7. That You think that's an anomaly? Okay. Last year in OKC that he was there, they were giving up 108.6. Then the year after he left, they fell to 115.5. Not good. And last year, Suns gave up 113.4. You probably remember those games. Yeah, no, it was tough. They were gross. Yeah. This year, 107.5 and fifth in the NBA. All of that to say, can we put some fucking respect on Chris Paul's name? Please. Everybody says, Chris Paul's washed. He doesn't do nearly as much as you think he does. He's injury prone. The Suns are fifth in the West, folks. Mm Mm-hmm. They didn't even make the playoffs last year. And they are poised. I know that you know this. You're one of the very few. They are going to make noise in the playoffs. Yes. They're going to make noise. People hate on CP3 for absolutely no reason at all. He's not just... Well, okay. What do they, why do they hate on him? I mean, he's kind of an asshole. I've, I've hated him for a lot of his career. Just on the court, he just bothers me. But, like, now he's our asshole. So... Does anybody seem to have a problem with him on your team? No. So maybe it's the pussy-ass bitches he was playing with. It's very possible. So, I mean, DeAndre Jordan's kind of never mind. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to put one of my friends slept with DeAndre Jordan, so I'll just like keep it there. Ooh, okay. Anyhow, so you can say, "Oh, it's DeAndre Ayton. He's progressed. Oh, Booker's becoming elite." But let's be real, folks. Chris Paul is the connective tissue of the Phoenix Suns defense, and you saw what he did with OKC, right? This is really just to say Chris Paul is elite. Is he a Batman? Absolutely not. But does he automatically make you in playoff contention? Oh, absolutely. He's going to probably move you up multiple spots in whatever conference you're in. Mm -hmm. Go from 8th or ninth or 10th to 5th. Sick. That's I would say that's big-time impact. I'm not going to – this is a, a hot take. This isn't really a take. But I just want to point out that before Anthony Davis came to the Lakers, LeBron James didn't make the playoffs. That's right. I just want to point out that even Batman can miss the playoffs. (laughs) OKC left for dead when Chris Paul uh, was traded there, right? Everybody thought they were just, like, going to fall off a cliff. They just had accumulated a bunch of picks for Paul George. And no, they were, like, one of the most exciting teams to watch. They had Shea, and, and they lost Russ, and it was like, oh, shit, they could actually, they almost won a series. That was yeah. very, very close. And I think there was, looking back, some very suspicious calls late in a the A little bit. That games. game three was That game fish. three, yeah, that was yeah. the one that I'm thinking about. So, we talk about LBJ being 36 and productive. CP, 35, very, very productive. Yes, he has injuries, but he is still propelling teams to the playoffs. The Suns are a defensive We'll call him, I don't know if a juggernaut, but they're top five. Yeah, we're sniffing juggernaut level. Sniffing the juggernaut level. I like that. You put him on any team, and not only because he's great at his half-court offense, he's also tremendous on defense. Okay, Marty, why is this not all about Chris Paul? Well, I mean, it's all about Chris Paul is a little 
weird way of saying it. It's definitely the culture impact is definitely because of him. People are playing hard, better, just focused on winning for once, which is something like a lot of these guys haven't done since they got in the league. But I will say DeAndre Ayton's taken a major step defensively, and I think that is a lot because of Chris Paul. But still, his impact on that end is a huge reason why uh, the Suns are doing things. And it's what people said he couldn't do when he was coming out of the draft. And uh, Mikael Bridges might be the best perimeter defender in the league. I know a lot of people don't see a lot on him, but uh, he's really good. He's long, too. He's really, really long. He's great. And and the thing that you can just say about Chris Paul is, like, the disrespect for what he's able to do at this old of an age and still make an impact and get young guys to actually want to what? Compete. Compete. Here it is, folks. The hyped Russell Westbrook segment that I promised you, as an aside, I looked for Russell Westbrook songs. If you go on Spotify right now and you search which you don't have premium access to, Marty. <laughs> it's coming. If you look on Spotify and you search for Russell Westbrook, there's like a hundred songs mm-hmm. named Russell Westbrook. That is insane. That he may be one of the most highly named rap song players. I don't know if that makes sense. I don't It would make sense a little bit, like why he would be that guy. Yeah. Why you would title your song Russell Westbrook though? Oh, titling the song's a little weird. All of yeah. the song titles hmm. were Russell Westbrook. That's crazy. Anyway, we'll probably do a segment on that in the future. If you don't think we will, you are not familiar with this league. <laughs> you're just not. You're just not. Okay, so what is what is a time, what's the best time to talk about Russ? When he is healthy for the first time all season, he puts up 41 in one of the highest scoring games in NBA history to beat the Nets that are supposed to be a contender when this Wizards team is trash, trash. <laughs> So, did you? I know you didn't see the performance because you were sleep sleep. Mm-hmm. Did you go back and see the highlights? I did. I did, especially the fourth quarter. Like that was sick. Yeah, that was sick. Here is what Russell Westbrook had to say after the game, which is going to make my point. Uh, it's like a nice segue. It's a part of my responsibility as a leader to make sure I bring it every single night. Facts. Um, and I take pride in doing that because I, I don't think that's something that everybody do around this league that, in sports in general. Mm. Um, and that's something that I take pride in coming in every night. Yes, sure he does. Spitting straight facts. God damn it, I love some Russell Westbrook. <laughs> okay, so this is what I've been thinking about for a long time. Russell Westbrook is kind of how I feel about Kyrie Irving. And this is how it is. It's, a, it's different, but it's the same. Okay. Kyrie Irving is, is cold on the court. He is one of the most skilled basketball players, if not the most skilled basketball players in the NBA right now. Mm-hmm. He can do things with the basketball that no one else can do, especially around the rim. But then you get what he does on Instagram where he's like putting emojis of his Zodiac on there and like all this subtweeting and then he's taking games off and then he's telling the NBA players that they should start their own league and like <laughs> telling them to not be in the bubble. And you're like, dude, I don't. I don't like this. And then you see him do what he did a couple of nights ago, and you're like, oh, my God, I right. love Kyrie Irving. You separate it really quickly. It's easy when you see him do what he did. And and this has been how Kyrie's been for 10 years. He's gotten weirder and weirder, mm-hmm. for sure, post-LeBron. But what Kyrie does off the floor, on I mean, what Kyrie does on the floor kind of makes you forget about everything that he does off the floor. Yeah. So how I feel about Russell Westbrook is this. He makes awful, awful, awful decisions on the court. Like, so blatantly egregious 
and obvious where you're like, what were you even thinking there? <laughs> Remember, here's a good one. Remember when Russell Westbrook w- tried to go shot for shot with Damian Lillard in the playoffs? I do, yeah. Damian Lillard was hitting from everywhere, and Russell Westbrook was ice cold. And like the more, <laughs> the more Russell Westbrook would brick, the more he would shoot. Right, yeah, the more he feels like he needs to shoot. Yeah. He's like, oh, it's a law of averages. I just need to shoot more. Yeah. No, you're just you're off tonight, and that's Damian Lillard. Like, Russell Westbrook, in those moments, is like a girl who goes to a party and thinks that she can go shot for shot with the boys, like with Fireball or Jameson. And, like, how it ends up working out is she's just blacked out. She gets gum in her hair. She probably, like, <laughs> pees on herself. <laughs> Like, it's just bad, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. She gets alcohol poisoning. She's, like, sleeping on the frat couch, and you're just like, wow. You knew going into this, this wasn't a good idea. You're not the same size as these guys, and you tried to keep up. You knew you weren't capable of this. You knew that this was how it was going to be. And here we are on national television, <laughs> Blazers versus the Oklahoma City Thunder, and you're just laying bricks against Logo Lillard. Like, just getting yourself out of the playoffs altogether when you were the favorite. Like, they were, <laughs> don't forget, the Thunder were, were favorite in that series. Mm-hmm. But that's, like, also is the exact same reason I love Russ. Like, Russ is never going to take any possessions off. He's that guy that trains. And I was talking to a friend about this. He's that guy his mentality over the offseason is how do I prepare myself and my body to be physically able to be a Tasmanian devil on every single play? That's crazy. <laughs> You're talking about a time when guys are walking around screens and you've got Russell Westbrook going 100 miles an hour every single night, sometimes 82 games. That's crazy. It is. Even LeBron takes possessions off. Because he's not, he's not insane like Russell Westbrook. So God bless him, right? He makes the NBA, I believe he makes the NBA better, even though he sometimes makes egregiously terrible decisions. This is how Russell Westbrook is to his teammates. Players could learn something from Russell Westbrook, like, and I know people don't like this comparison because it's not a very good one when you think about Russell Westbrook shooting because his shooting is egregious. But, like, if Donovan Mitchell could do any of the things that Russell Westbrook could do, he'd be an amazing player. Yeah. Any of the things. Just stay being a shooter and do any of those things, whether it's rebounding, stealing. I mean, Russell Westbrook had the presence of mind to try to steal the ball, realize his teammates stole the ball, go back to the three-point line, and hit the fucking three when he's not a shooter to put them up one against a team that's supposed to be the contender. And he's like, yeah, I'm like that. So, okay, so as infuriating as Russell Westbrook is, and you certainly do not ever want him on your favorite franchise's team, never? No. Like, you would never want him on the Suns, right? Oh, no, 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 no. No, but if you got him on a lazy team, it would be like ship up or ship out. Yeah. Think about this. Russell Westbrook and James Harden grew up together. They played together. In OKC. Mm-hmm. They were good friends. Russell Westbrook and Harden planned on his move to Houston. And one season after viewing what James Harden was up to, he was like, you know what? I got to bounce. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to head out, fam. Uh, DC looks good. 
I'd rather play in a perennial losing team than play with someone who can't even show up for a film on time. And I know I've known you since we were in Little League. I don't care that he's awful to media members. He's been awful to me. Like really? a lot. Like, oh, yeah, a lot. <laughs> like, he makes your skin crawl when you ask him questions after a loss. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's not even clo- – I mean, you're so terrified. Oh, I at, get it. At one point – I mean, you saw what he did to that guy, Barry Trammell. Yeah, where he just did the, the, like, squint face. He like, literally would just be like, next question, or yeah. he'd be like, I don't know, every single time, no matter how legitimate the question was. Anyway, he's been one of those guys for a long time that's not great to be around, but no one – you have to respect no one gives their all every play like Russ. He was out there in the beginning of the season with a bad leg. He literally said, I was out there with one leg balling out, and now he's healthy. So we are going to see some fun things from Russell Westbrook. And at a time when no one is caring about doing anything, not trying for in- entire games, a healthy Russell Westbrook, I would say, is a nice change of pace. Clay Thompson is having a week. Mm-hmm. I love me some Clay Thompson. I do. There's nothing funnier than when there's like a subdued, chill, low-key guy who then out of the blue just says some savage-ass shit. And you're like, wait, what did he <laughs> say? Like, did I, did I hear that correctly? Yeah. This is actually what makes low-key Clay one of the best follows, the most, we'll call him the horniest, Low key, <laughs> low key lady killers. Oh yeah, he's that guy that's like real G's move in silence. That is him. He takes that to a whole new level. Yeah, you remember what those uh, Warriors guys had to say? Oh yeah, play the play the clip again. With Kelly Oubre now engaged, who's now the king of horny hours for the Warriors? Oh, without a, oh, without a doubt, without a doubt, Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson. Clay, Clay Thompson. Clay might was, have been the king before, even with Ubre, a single Ubre. Yeah, they put Steph, Kelly Ubre, and uh, and and Clay Thompson on one team. It's it's not. It's just. It's not. What is the point? Come on. Uh, but Clay Thompson, who was going out with what is what was her name? Laura. Um, I, I forget her name, but she was. Uh, they were going out for a little while, and Smoke all the Warriors shot. fans were very happy. Uh, it seemed like Clay had turned the corner, and he then unshockingly. <laughs> He had not turned. They the broke up, and now Clay's back. So he's he's a king. He's undefeated. There's no there's no beating the Rick Fox of his generation. Oh, oh my God, the Rick Fox I of this that. generation. That was low key. King of horny hours with a murderer's row of exes, just hot smokes getting left by the wayside at every turn. Very clearly hotter than he is, just <laughs> operating on his personality and intellect alone, and obviously his wet jumper that we won't see for a while. Nicest guy, one of the nicest guys in the NBA, who obviously now has the ability to be cutthroat when he needs to. Swift. So this is what happened. A few days ago, the Warriors played the Pistons, and Clay was courtside as like a beat reporter or something. Yeah, he was awesome at it. Yeah, he was really good. Yeah. He even had uh, something with Steph Curry where he asked when Steph Curry was going to beat Ray Allen's three-point record. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, so the backstory is this. Pistons player, this... Listen, Wayne Ellington's not a good player. No. He's not. I'm sorry. So Wayne Ellington gets into it with one of the other Warriors bench guys. Some Juan something. This dude, Rodney Magruder, is sitting on the bench. He's like an all-time NBA bench warmer. Mm -hmm. Been on a a bunch of different teams. Never really played a ton of minutes. And Rodney Magruder finds out that there's some beef going on. 
And so he decides to, to accost the Warriors bench uh, after the game. And so the reporters have Clay next to them, and they're like, hey, Clay, uh, what's the deal with you and Rodney? What's the deal with Rodney Magruder? And Clay was like, and right after yeah. you work on your play-by-play, you can come back. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was okay. He's been killing you up here, Clay. What's going on over there, Clay? Rodney Magruder. Oh, no, this dude might be out the league soon. He's probably mad about that. Who knows? Wow. Shots fired. <laughs> He's over here checking my guy. You good? Everybody seems to be okay, yes. and everybody's going to their respective locker rooms there. But Yeah, I don't know. No. <laughs> so that will that will end it right there. But That's savage. <laughs> Five he over here trying to start something like he's a good player. So it's like, bro, get out of here. Oh, my God. <laughs> How savage was that? That, I mean, that's hilarious. You don't see players say stuff like that. On, he said yeah. <laughs> he's over here trying to start something like he's a good player or something. He's probably going to be out of the league in a few games. Damn. Holy shit, Clay Thompson. Okay, so then it gets even more unfiltered. Here's the T, here's the T. Draymond then, for no reason at all, which is very common uh, for Draymond Green, he decides again, like post-game, for no reason, I am going to talk about Rodney Magruder at length for almost two minutes. Draymond, what happened at the end there with Magruder? I don't know. I was in the locker room. Uh, but uh, apparently he was um, taking up for Wayne Ellington. When the fuck Rodney Magruder become the tough guy of the team? Like, I don't know, man. Everybody in the league tough these days. It's crazy. I've seen a lot of tough guys this year. I don't understand it. And, and, and don't nobody do anything. Like, if you really wanted to do something, you could have done it. Walk over there talking shit like he's a team tough guy. The hell oh out of here. Oh, my God. He goes Fucking on some tough more. Tough guy, Rodney. 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 Fucking tough guy. Also, I'm rocking with Juan T. Juan T was about to bring that town, that town bit, bitness. Yeah, he, I'm rocking with Juan T on that one he's anyway. still going. But also, I think it was something that, like, that Juan said in the first or second quarter to Wayne Ellington. You ain't got nothing better to do that you still thinking about something from the first or second quarter when you weren't in the game. So apparently, Wayne Ellington must have went over to the bench. I guess he went and told um, Rodney McGruder. Because he hadn't been in what the game. Snitch. I don't know, man. There's too many tough guys in this league these days for me. But I know ain't nobody scared of no damn Rodney McGruder. Like, fucking kidding me? It's crazy. Okay. Wow, Draymond. <laughs> He's going to give him the town business. That means he will fuck him up. Two, Rodney McGruder sitting on the bench, getting the tea spilled. Someone snitching about an old altercation, and he decides, I am going to run up on these guys after the game. What an idiot. So, okay, who is this Rodney Magruder? Is he, is he like a good player, Marty? <laughs> I don't think he is. Uh, here's what the, uh, the Detroit Free Press had to say. Uh, he's been an integral part of the Pistons' retooling strategy. And he's embraced being in the organization. When he had his introductory news conference in December, he said he immediately thought of the Bad Boys Pistons team when his agent told him he had been traded to Detroit. Talking about Bad Boys? Rodney Magruder wasn't even live when the Pistons Bad Boys era existed. Mm -hmm. No chance. Okay, so let's look at his stats. Let me pull this up. So he's played, checks notes, a total of five games this year. Averaging, checking again, rechecking again to make sure this is right, a 
seven minutes a game and three points per game. Why do the Pistons say he's an integral part of their retooling strategy? I don't understand. Yeah, integral is a weird word to use there. Integral means you cannot get rid of him and the team continue as is. Right. But by the way, that might be true since they are one of the worst teams in the East. So maybe that's true. Get the fuck out of here, Rodney Magruder. Take your fake-ass name with you. Do not be accosting Warriors when you don't get any minutes and you don't score any buckets. That's just, those are the rules. I hate seeing bench warmers get bodied. Try to body you and they like play all Captain Save-A-Hoe on Wayne Ellington and then like, neither one of you guys should be talking any trash. You weren't even there. You weren't even in the game. And all of a sudden, you try to like, <laughs> you try to like start some shit. Yeah. All three of the players involved: Juan Toscano, Anderson, Wayne Ellington, Rodney Magruder. They all aren't good, and they all have names that sound like check-in names. If you were uh, at the Bellagio and the NBA was doing a bachelor party and they were trying to like keep things low key. <laughs> All right, so it also gets more strange. This isn't even the full story. So then someone random quoted Clay Thompson's comments on Instagram. And Big Baby Davis, been out the league for a while now. My LSU Tiger. LSU Tiger. All of a sudden decided to chirp Clay Thompson and say, saying shit like that, I see why he stay hurt. <sighs> Karma, hand of face emoji. <sighs> wow. All right, then Clay also decides, because he doesn't have anything better to do either, I'm going to clap back. Dang, big baby, this what we on now? I can't wait till I see you on the court next year. I'm calling ISO every time. I'll probably get 40 and a quarter with big fella chasing me. (laughs) Okay, then big baby responds and says, you write about giving me 40, but you can't check me. It's barbecue chicken on the block. I bet my life on that. And I imagine like, cuz. Yeah. Holy shit. In the grand scheme of things, yes, a very savage thing to th- say, but Big Baby is not touching basketballs. And he hasn't played since 2015. He hasn't touched anything except for like a meat lover's pizza since 2015. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, before we go any further, I have a story about Big Baby from okay. uh, Baton Rouge. Give it I... to me. Give it to me. Okay. So this is my freshman year at LSU. It's like 2009, height of his fame in How Boston. famous was he? In Baton Rouge, huge. Okay. Well, like people knew who he was, so I was out like somewhere uh, at like a pizza joint, which is funny that you say that. And uh, he had on a T-shirt that said uh, "freelance gynecologist," and I thought that was very funny. What? Yeah. Big Baby Davis stands for "I'll give you some big babies with my Davis." Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like eleven pound babies, Davis. Yeah. Sorry if I broke that. No, up. that was like good. That, that was good. Yeah. I like that. Okay, so Clay Thompson, we know. Two back-to-back injuries, ACL and then Achilles, way too much time on his hands. He, with this much time on his hands, is a media menace. Breaking hearts, spitting facts, just slapping down former NBA players trying to stay relevant in the game. Like, get the hell out of here. And current NBA players trying to stay relevant. And you know what, Marty? This is probably my fault to say this. You can fault me for this. And I know that me saying this out loud is, is toxic. I get that. Um, but I am here for the shit. 
24-7 inject this shit in my veins because this is where the name this league came from, folks. This tea, this league. We've got some voicemails, and we're going to save the last one, uh, the best one for last because it's a troll, and I have so many things to say. Yo, love the pod. Just wondered what you were thinking about Jared Dudley's comments about your guy, Pandemic P. <laughs> okay. So I don't know if anybody's heard about this. It's like sort of breaking, not really breaking, but just came out today or yesterday. So this stems from uh, this new book that Jared Dudley just put out. I think it's called In the Bubble. Mm -hmm. And had some comments about Paul George, a.k.a. Pandemic P, a.k.a. Playoff P. Right? Okay, here we are. So first of all, let's just skip over the fact that Jared Dudley has had enough time on his hands to write a book um, since The Bubble. (laughs) He had like a month and a half off. Yeah, like a month and a half <laughs> off and like probably has been writing it now. And when I say so let's skip over it, I mean like let's get into that for a second. <laughs> He's played 20 minutes all year, Jerry Dudley. He's hit three buckets all year. Total, not average, total. Total 20 minutes, total three buckets all season. So what I would say about this is he's just living off that LeBron James friendship. Like he is just – clinging to that time where they've played together. Just like this reputation as like this locker room guy. Mm -hmm. Just making two and a half million dollars just to keep the vibes tight. You know what I mean? Just being like, yeah, LeBron, everybody says that Mike was the GOAT, but you're really the GOAT. He's like foam rolling with LeBron at like two in the morning. He's (laughs) microwaving his food. He's making sure that like his calm app is set and calibrated for like the light rain that he needs on his Beats by Dre headphones at night. (laughs) You know, two and a half million for that. Yeah. What a guy, LeBron James. What a guy. Shout out to LeBron James. He just gives people money. Just they say LeBron James spends a hundred million dollars on his body every year. I think that two and a half is he's paying or having the Lakers pay Jerry Dudley for his mind. Just yeah. like the ultimate hype man that's just there on every road trip to just make you know play whatever socially distance whatever game insert game here. Yeah, and he actively talks about it too, Jerry Dudley, about the fact that he's being paid to be just a chemistry locker just a room vibes guy, guy. Which is funny. I want to get paid to be a vi- vibes guy. Sure. LeBron James just getting guys paid. J.R. Smith. Let's just go through them. These are just a few off the top. J.R. Smith, Jared Dudley, Alex Caruso, KCP, Tristan Thompson. Do you have others? I like Caruso, I guess is all I was going to say. Oh, Caruso's good, but let's be real. He wouldn't get the money that he's getting unless he's with LeBron James. Sure. LeBron James wants a janitor, and that is who Alex Caruso is. Tristan Thompson at one time. Matthew Delvadova at one time. Timothy Mozgov at one time. That edible uh, dude from Syracuse, Deion Waiters. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was on multiple teams. He was on Cleveland, and then he was back to L.A. J.R. Smith was back from Cleveland to L.A. Uh, Iman Shumpert from Cleveland to L.A. He's just like, yo, I'm here for the vibes. I'm here for those Cleveland vibes, but in L.A. I could go all day about dudes that LeBron James gets on the payroll. KCP, that contract's crazy. Just eating off big homies, buffet platter, just a friendship Friendship contract, we'll call it. <laughs> God damn it, I love LeBron James. And this isn't even a part of the story. Just, we digress. So Jerry Dudley has this book, right? And the book is like, hey, we hear some of those guys talking about how they're the team to beat in L.A. It's fine if Kawhi says stuff like this. <laughs> God, there's tea. this is a heavy tea episode. 
It's fine if Kawhi Leonard says that they're the team to beat in L.A. He's defending a championship. We didn't trip when Patrick Beverly was talking trash because that's how he feeds his family, meaning he has to summon himself to play high-level basketball by shit-talking. That's, that's what he does. We respect that hustle. But it is disrespectful for Paul George, who's never won at any level, to put himself on the level of LeBron James and Anthony Davis. That is what motivates us. First of all, Jared Dudley. Second of all, Jared, I don't even know if, are we at third of all? (laughs) Jared Dudley, you're not playing games. (laughs) So it doesn't motivate us. It motivates them, right? We've talked about this. This is intriguing. I think that this whole little beef that Jared Dudley is fueling is going to make for a nice Western Conference Finals battle. Shit talking. You've got Pat Beverly talking shit. Paul George probably doing something. If the Clippers, of course, do not blow a three to one lead like they did last year. So it's going to get chippy. And then Paul George responds. Thankfully, he's gotten some advice, maybe from a PR firm or something, because instead of putting gasoline on the fire, he does and has responded with this. He says, God bless you, Jared Dudley. I don't know what this is. Dudes are throwing my name in stuff. God bless you, Jared. So someone is learning. What do I think about it? I think it's great, caller. Uh, I think that this is great for the game because, again, I am toxic. And I love the team. Next voicemail. Yo, if James Harden could smoke weed, do you guys think he would smoke mids? It's, it's an ongoing bet. Let us know. It's an ongoing bet. Who has a bet about NBA players and the quality of weed that they smoke? Also, just he's asking if James Harden could smoke weed. I mean, newsflash, he can and does. Does he? Because <laughs> what I've heard is that he, he goes to strip clubs sober. Oh. I heard he goes for the vibes. Okay. That he doesn't, he goes not to get lit, but for the vibes. So, okay, let's just assume for a second that uh, that James Harden does smoke weed. Okay. And the, I guarantee. I just assume they all do. So if he doesn't, I'm sorry. Sorry, James. I don't know. I have no, I cannot confirm nor deny. But what I have heard from multiple people is that he's like a sober strip club goer, which it's is just kind of crazy. Interesting. It's just like a weird thing to do. Like most people have to like summon a little bit of. Liquid courage in order to just see girls, like, clapping their ass in your face. Anyway, <laughs> if he were to smoke weed, I don't think he's smoking low-quality weed. No. He bought little baby a $500,000 watch. You think he's, like, smoking whatever it is, dab, or, like, low-quality... Swag. Swag. Like, you think he's making spliffs with tobacco? Get the <laughs> fuck. Come on now. I would promise you, top shelf for the beard, I put my last breath on it. Okay, uh, let's get into the one that I want to comment and I've been wanting to comment for a few days on. We'll call him Mel Karen. I hope he's listening. Yo, um, I'm taking a shit listening to this girl give takes on sports. It's not that the takes are so bad. It's just, why is it so theatrical? Why is it so... Bitch, why I am theatrical. Script? Why is she yelling at me? I mean, Stephen A. yells, and that's fine because he's not a nagging woman. Oh, yikes! Jesus Christ! What are you guys doing? I mean, you want ideas for the show? We'll replace her with me. All right, guys. You won't need me to read off of a computer, and nobody will be annoyed and have a migraine at the end of it because my voice doesn't do this. Okay, talk to you later. I think we've got a salty male Karen on our hands. <laughs> I don't know his name, and I have his phone number, but. Let's just say this. There is a reason, sir, that you are you 
sitting on the toilet giving feedback on a voicemail. You had to find that voicemail, first of all. That's insane. <laughs> okay, you had to find that. I haven't posted that all week. Okay, there's a reason that you are you and I am me. This is not, this is not meant to be arrogant, but I have never once shown my raging misogyny for the world to see wow simultaneously pitching myself as a replacement for said hosting job i have never once phoned anyone while taking a shit (laughs) never and i forget i don't know if this guy has a name we'll call him chad chad i had a deadbeat job like you once i remember driving to work every day being like I'm a coal caller on a 30K salary. And just like so sad, just a soul-killing, terrible, Sunday, scary-inducing, just like I hate my life kind of job. And you know what? I never called in to a podcast to say, (laughs) this person is trash, they should hire me. What I did was make it happen my goddamn self. Created it my goddamn self. I am the creator of this leak. I am the writer of this league. I am the voice of this league, Chad. And with Marty, we are producing a podcast twice a week on the NBA on one of the largest podcast networks in the world. And what are you doing? You are taking large shits and feeling sorry for yourself like a goddamn simp. (laughs) Dave Portnoy, who I am sure is your greatest idol, you probably jack off to Dave Portnoy's DDTGs or fucking pizza reviews. He chose me to be the leader of this league. He signed off on that. So why don't you just trust his judgment, go fuck off, and create your own goddamn project instead of trying to take mine. Get at me when you figure it out. And get off the toilet so you can fucking compete! Compete! I hate that guy. <laughs> Not Can we a fan. just de-breath, debrief on this guy for a second? What the fuck are you doing? W- weird move for that to be the time to... Do you think I'm not listening to the voicemails? <laughs> I, I guess. Maybe he just thought it was going to get lost. Maybe he just thought it was going to get to the producer and they were like, you know what? You're right. <laughs> You're right. We don't like that. That's all the time that we have for this league. <laughs> What's this guy doing? That's all the time that we have for this league. Please subscribe, rate, review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It makes a massive difference. We also have This League hoodies on sale in the Barstool store. Uh, Thanks for listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.